thank you for joining us from wherever you are. This is the SBS Replay Podcast from the NYU School of Professional Studies Student Council. This season, we are proud to present our How I Got Here Lunchtime series, where we listen to the stories of our professors, alumni, and members of our community about their career, their journey, and how they got here. In this episode, we are joined by John O'Malley. John O'Malley is a faculty member teaching a variety of undergraduate and graduate marketing and management courses at the NYU School of Professional Studies. Having taught 20 online courses for over 10 years, he became an online teaching pioneer. He has previously worked for multiple major corporations, including Macy's, Barney's New York, and Saks Fifth Avenue. John O'Malley earned his bachelor's degree from Long Island University and his master's degree from Fordham University. The original session was recorded on Zoom and was hosted by Tiano Dimitrakis. Professor O'Malley, welcome to our How I Got Here Speaker Lunch series. Thank you very much for taking the time to be here with us today. Thank you for inviting me. It's an honor, and I, I really mean that. For everybody at Student Life and everybody who is joining the university, or if you're if you're first semester, welcome to welcome to really SPS's um, a very honest attempt to engage you and, and keep us all connected. You know, NYU oftentimes is a huge brand. And uh, we all are very happy to have three little letters when we, you know, NYU across our chest on the t-shirts. But really, it's about, quite frankly, each of us making the connections that we need. So although, you know, none of us really wanted to be remote, <laughs> let's just be upfront about that. This is the now. So how do we do it? And that's what we're going to talk about today. And one of the things that I've been working on, especially in all my classes, is to improve really student participation to improve student really skills to quite frankly make you better in a world that is remote is distant but how do you reduce the distance so that you really have the ability to gain the new skill that has been forced on all of us so it'll, it'll be that kind of approach and that's really what i want to be able to do because at the end of the day you the theme of it is you are a brand doesn't mean you lost your humanity. I'm not saying that. Okay, let's let that up front. We are all human. All right. But in the marketplace, you have to stand out against quote competitors. And how do you differentiate yourself going forward? And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I've been teaching marketing for uh, over 25 years. But before I started teaching uh, at SPS, I had worked for, uh, I had come out of undergraduate. I got a, a break. My first job was with RH Macy's uh, in an operations division. And so I, at the time, was really not thinking about retail as far as what it was. I was just happy to get a job. <laughs> Mom was happy that I got a job. Dad was really happy. Uh, I was happy that I could pay the rent. So, you know, we start that, we start our career. And, and again, operations at the time in 19... Um, uh, 80. New York City was, was obviously on the downswing and I was at Macy's and I was ecstatic to go to work. But while there, I happened to have the honor of being able to work my career up through various levels. And one of the interesting things is, is that I learned how things were sold in a mass market. And I watched Macy's go from a, a declining store to one that really had a lot, a lot of energy. 
and, and I'll say something for those with, with a little gray hair. When Macy's opened up the, what was now known in the basement, where they put all their cookware, it was revolutionary. Wow, what a difference that, that it made about how to sell cookware. I was amazed. I was, a, I was just a kid from upstate New York who thought you just went and bought pots and pans, but Macy's had magic and they really understood how to create want and demand in the marketplace. Okay. So that's what's just keep that in mind. After that, I left Macy's and I went over to Barney's and Barney's was at the time Miami vice time. I mean, it was the only place you could get Giorgio Armani clothes and it was the world showing up and it was really just wonderful to watch this whole scenario happen. So it was, it was an era of New York City, and I was very much in the middle and part of it. Uh, four years at, at Barney's, then I moved to Macy's, where, I mean, pardon me, to Saks Fifth Avenue, where I stayed for 20 years. That, that's unusual, but I had five different jobs each time moving up in different areas. So what did that do for me? Well, I saw in marketing how you had to create want, need, desire, and demand. Okay, and so while I had a wonderful opportunity to get my foot in the door to teach at SPS and I did marketing, all of a sudden it really just coalesced in everything that I was doing and I found my calling in some ways in life. <laughs> and so it's been a pleasure and an honor to be with uh, NYU and SPS and be able to do this. However, as I've gotten into marketing, there is a thing that I, when students would ask me to, uh, you know, will you write me a letter of recommendation? Will you do this? And I used to see like, there used to be a way you got a job. And the way you, you used to get a job was you looked in and hang on guys, it was called a want ads. <laughs> it was called a newspaper. <laughs> and all uh, right, but things change now. Okay. Uh, how do you, you know, how do you find a job now and how do you go about it? So one of the things that I do in my class, and I've really been developing this, and this is really an outgrowth of a project that, um, and I have the honor of sitting on with the SPS, uh, with Student Life, the Veterans Working Committee. And it's really been wonderful. And it's chaired by both Anna and Teresa and the veterans. And I said, you know, uh, how can we help not just them, but everybody in the division? How do you get a job now? And so I said, what we have to do is have a different approach. And so this is what I call the brand called you. <laughs> okay. And again, I want to emphasize one thing up front. Okay. This doesn't mean that you are a commodity. <laughs> all right? You are human. All right. We all are human. So, so it's, you're not being a commodity, but we have to be able to think about ourselves different in a different marketplace. And what certainly COVID-19 has done is now change the requirements for a lot of us. And I say all of us, okay? This isn't, and I wanna make sure this is clear. This isn't, hey students, this is what you gotta do. This is called, hey everybody, this is what we have to do. <laughs> and that's the distinction I wanna make sure here. It's not students, listen to the old gray hair professor, no, 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 no. Even gray hair professors have to learn to navigate the now. And I don't even want to call it the new now because that's what was said a couple months ago. This is now. Okay. And that's all there is to it. So if we just accept this and we accept it that it's a competitive marketplace, then it won't seem as daunting. And that's what I really want to be able to do. 
And so this is where I'm hoping that everybody at least looks at this and goes, okay, and as you move towards perhaps starting your your time at NYU in SPS, or even if you're halfway through and then thinking, oh man, I need a job. And then when you graduate, like I really need a job, understand something, that fear, we all experience, all of us do, okay? And so don't think it's, it's you alone. If you understand that, how can I strategize to get there? Maybe this will be able to help you. So let's start with the brand of you. Let me see. What I did here, and again, this is, uh, I've done this several times, and I'm very happy to be able to broadcast this through here, is that I want to make sure that what is really wonderful about SPS is that we have a Wasserman Career Center that is helpful to get you employment. And one of the things that I think is, it's an underutilized resource, but I want to say this to all students. You just don't show up, knock on the door, and expect Wasserman to give you a job. That's not how it works, okay? Because the skill of getting a job requires you to know how to position yourself accordingly. So Wasserman is just one tool that you will have in your employment toolbox. Certainly, your social media profile is a tool in your social media toolbox. Certainly, contacts networking is another tool. So, and then oftentimes how you find a job is when you do research beyond the idea of one Google search. So these things all become different layers of the tools that you have in the box. So the first thing that I would have you do, and because I created this for, again, the veterans, but I really created it for all students and, and I wanna be able to do it. So the first thing is two short videos for your review. And basically is introducing all of us to the concept of what kind of a brand are you? And again, I'm not, I have to emphasize this. You are not a commodity, but you are viewed oftentimes. Your resume is not always viewed by a person. It's viewed by a bot picking up on keywords. So when you think about your resume in some ways, you have to make sure that it just doesn't have, I attended NYU. You have to have the words that the bots automatically scan are looking for to get you into the consideration box. Ah, think about what's happening now, okay? How do I get you into the consideration box for at least a contact by somebody who's looking to hire? So first thing you do is when you look at your resume, there isn't one resume you have, you have to have three or four and they have to be personalized and geared to the individual company in an industry. So you don't have one standard resume. You have to tailor it accordingly. Then I want you to read three short articles for you to read. All right. One is on McKinsey. Okay. And for those who may not be familiar with it, McKinsey is one of the preeminent consulting companies in the world. And so it talks about this as far as creating an image of yourself. You'll see one is a personal SWOT analysis. And if you were in my class, you would do one. And SWOT is a very simple management technique called SWOT, which is strength, weakness, opportunities, and threats. Simple, basic management 101 or marketing 101. And if you took John O'Malley's class, you would be able to do it. But everybody can learn it in a whole 30 seconds. <laughs> That's what's great about it. What we're going to do is your own SWOT your own personal SWOT analysis. How do you stand in the marketplace? So that's where one of those articles would come to. Okay, let's move forward. Now, this is where we begin. 
what is your brand? And it's called the brand of you. And what's interesting is a question that I use in class. I always say, what is the most important brand in the world? And if I was to survey you on a chat room, many people would say Apple and many people would say Nike or it used to be Coca-Cola or Google. And I'm sitting there and like, yeah, they're all important. They really are. But the most important brand is you. Okay, <laughs> because you need to get an internship or employment that your parents will be happy and you can move to full independence. We have that. We have been successful. <laughs> That's why you show up here. So when you think about it, the brand called you, you have to look at yourself as if you are a brand. And how do you stand out in a competitive marketplace and do you meet the wants, needs, and the desires of the modern workforce? Okay. So the first question would be is, and a lot of students look at me and say, but I graduated NYU. And I go, congratulations, you sure have. Wonderful. But it's not enough. And that's what I want you to realize. It's not enough. You have to be able to say to a prospective employer, what? I can be your problem solver. And that's a different approach than a lot of resumes get written. I can solve your problem because if you think about it from an employer's point of view, they have a problem. And their problem is I need to have competent people who quite frankly can overcome challenges, who can really get work done remotely now, okay? I won't have you in the office, <laughs> I gotta know. Are you capable of being an independent worker who's competent? That is the new skill that we all have. If you tell me you're a critical thinker, right, Theana? Tell me what you've done to be a critical thinker. <laughs> so my really approach here, guys, is take out those cliches. And if anybody has ever, and I used to, uh, I did a lot of hiring in one of my jobs, I could read a resume and find that and smell the cliches a mile away. You could smell them a mile away. <laughs> what I wanted to see was, could you do the job? And that's a different approach. And that's a brand message that you send, all right? Every brand sends a message. Nike sends a message that you can do it, okay? Coca-Cola sends you a message to be happy. Apple sends a message to be imaginative. Okay, when you if you are going to buy a Ford 150 pickup truck, it says you are rugged. If you want to buy Harley Davidson motorcycles, it says you want freedom. Okay, if you want to hire you, what message are you sending? Again, brand messaging, you are a brand. So how do you stand out in the marketplace and what do you meet the wants needs and the desires of the market uh, of the modern work uh, workforce. So if you think about what is a brand, okay, if in class I do a thing called the American Marketing Association defines a brand as a name, term, design, blah, 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 blah. No kidding. Okay. This is basic marketing 101. But then I turn around and say personal branding is the practice of marketing people in their careers as brands. It is an ongoing process, and that's one of the key words, ongoing, of developing and maintaining a reputation and impression of an individual group or organization. 
the key words here, it's ongoing. You have to change in order to meet the new approaches. Remote or distance work is the change that has been forced onto us. In your resume, in your letters that you write to a company, you have to be able to mention remote work. How do you prove it? And that's in some ways the challenge we all have. Okay, so this is where we, I get into branding because this is on everybody's mind right now in hiring. Can you work remote in a team? Can you work independently? Can you overcome challenges? And if you do, you're gonna have a point of differentiation that all brands have. So one of the things I, I try to do, and again, this isn't something, and I do this, uh, uh, I would do this in class or I do this in a seminar, is um, what is your brand, okay? So we get people understand what it is. So I asked the question, what does business success look like to you? What does it look like? For some people, it's I wanna make a lot of money. For other people, I want a good work balance. For other people is, I'd rather be a yoga teacher. Okay. For other people, <clears throat> I want to work on Wall Street. For other people is, I, I, I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> got to define it. All right. So, what, what, does it, what does it look like to you? When I say when it looks like, like, what do you see as success? And for a lot of students, you always get this statement. I want a good job. Okay, what is a good job? What does it look like to you? What do you feel that way? What do you want to travel? Uh, do you want to be on a plane and go to, to uh, around the world? Do you mind traveling? Can you travel? Maybe it's you can't travel because of family situations. Maybe it's I want a good job, but I can't travel. Okay, so you have to define some of this. And what it's really doing is helping you define where you want to be and what do you want to do? Myself, I will tell you, and I'll just share with you, when I was at my earliest jobs at Macy's, and this is when I was put into a buying line, you had to do rotations, and we had spreadsheets, and allow me to say, <laughs> spreadsheets were really were paper, <laughs> and you had pencils, and you had erasers, <laughs> and you never wrote anything into a, a spreadsheet with pen, because you were always erasing it, okay? And this was before this thing called Microsoft Office came along, and then you had a manual calendar, a calculator that you had to calculate all your percentages and what you were doing was, okay? So it was the dinosaur age. But you know what I realized? I hated doing spreadsheets. <laughs> I, I couldn't stand it. And so when I had an opportunity to move into operations, I could move around the building moving stuff. It was just who I was. I did not mind going to the sub-sub basement. I didn't mind dealing with truckers and getting merchandise off a truck and moving it onto a floor. I loved it. All right. Right? Other people couldn't stand it. Me, I was hanging out, uh, moving stuff. What was success look to me? Not sitting at a desk for eight hours a day. I couldn't do it. So to me, I needed a job where I could move, and that was my personality, and I had it, and it worked for me. Okay, so you have to be honest about what does business success look for you. And if you use cliches, it's not going to work. If you just say I want a good job, define good. Is it a place where maybe you get in, but there's opportunities to move around? And what I mean by that is there's a lot of internal uh, promotions. For a lot of people, that's what they need, okay? So it may not be the first job that you get, but it's the opportunity in the organization that allows you to do it. 
And so you look at that and you try to define that. So question three, what three skills are needed that employers are in the 21st century needs? Okay, and again, what are the three skills that you think? And I have people write them down. What do you think? Okay, and so what I'm trying to get you to do is think of yourself as, oh, if these are the three skills that employers have, how do I highlight that on my resume? <laughs> because that's what they're looking for, all right? That's what they're looking for. So, you know, what are some of those skills that, you, that, that people are, are, are looking for? And by doing that, in effect, what I'm trying to get you to do is to be cognizant and aware of how the marketplace has changed, okay? So it's not just three skills. I just want you to start there. But if we go forward, you're going to see a few more. Now, okay, here are the 21st skills, okay? This is Google. That's where I got it from, okay? This is what Google wants. Cr critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, communication, information literacy, media literacy, technology literacy, flexibility, leadership, leadership time management, social skills. Woo! Who can fill all of that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> However, at least you know that when you write not just a chronological of what you've done, you can put some of these words in to help it. Okay. I do want to know, I do want to know what in some ways certifications you have if you're going to go into a company. I want to know what software skills you have. And the reason is, if it's remote, you almost have to be your own technical advisor. <laughs> I, if there's a lesson that, that has come out of this time for me, is that I can't run down to the third floor and get those guys to solve my problem. I have to figure it out and read all the help. So for me, I've learned in some ways to be my own technical advisor. That's a skill that becomes ever more important as we work distant. I, don't, I, I may not have that ability. So I want to know, can you solve your problems? So one of the things that uh, on my resume, I would put down you know, something along the line that I've been able to navigate this or something of this nature. Because if I'm a boss or if I'm an employer, I don't always have time to solve all your problems. You got to solve them. Put it on your resume some ways. You may not think it's important, but if it's technology literacy, part of that is I can solve my problems. I can do Zoom. I can figure it out. Okay. Wow. Great. Okay. I don't have to spend how much time training everybody on a, a platform. Oh, I can do that. I can help other people. Oh, great. That's a skill that's valued. Put it down somewhere. Okay. So when you start looking at these things, and if you're starting yourself, your career at SPS, I'm going to say this to students, guys, when we all get back and we will think about joining a club, think about how it benefits you because it demonstrates what leadership, initiation, social skills, it all fits in there. That's the way it works. Just thinking about this at the end of your SPS time may not benefit you. So again, I push it in there accordingly. And what's really fun is when you do join a club or get involved a little bit, and you know, we all don't have time, is that you really meet wonderful friends. You, re you really do. And again, I'm going to say this and I'm going to plug in for the Veterans Committee. And I'm going to say it. <laughs> I have gotten to know those folks on that committee much more and it's made my time at SPS even better.
and, and that's really what a lot of it is, okay? And, and again, why? Because we have commonality and, and it really helps to, to get there. So um, make an appointment at Wasserman Career Center, never too early to start thinking about why you're here and, and, and think about it accordingly. Okay, now here's the other thing. What does personal success look to you? Uh, and this is again, a question for you to, to, to discern and to think, what does it look like to you? There was one point in my life when making a lot of money was important to me, okay? Now, if I made a lot of money, it meant that I wasn't home a lot, <laughs> all right? My work balance was one thing, work. It was, but I, but I was fine. I was single in New York, all right? My work balance meant that we went out after work, and so that's the lifestyle I lived. As I got older, Okay, I changed. But at first it was, how can I make a lot of money and will it be able to do it? And the second thing for me was, will I have a good social life? Working in retail is phenomenal about social life. <laughs> okay, if I really, really wanted to make a lot of money, I would have gone down to Wall Street. Okay, but it wasn't for me. So retail worked for me and I liked it. The other thing that I liked to have, and this was so stupid, but it really is, I didn't mind working on Saturdays. I didn't mind it. I liked having a day off during the week. So if I had a Wednesday off, it was great. I could get things done. It made all the, made it for me. The second thing is each organization, especially, and I go back to both um, uh, Macy's and Saks Fifth Avenue, they gave young kids, and I was one at one time, a lot of opportunity to grow. It was a, here it is. If you want it, go for it. We can always use young people in retail. So for me, it really worked out. The other thing that I really loved, personal success for me, was it was constantly moving. It was high energy. It was really just, I was in the middle of New York City. So one of the things about personal success to me was to be in New York City at Macy's. One of the greatest volunteer things I ever did was help plan the Macy's Day Parade. I had a little component of it. It was phenomenal. At Saks Fifth Avenue, I was across the street from, the, from Rockefeller Center in the tree. My office was overlooking that view. It was phenomenal, okay? I was on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> so it worked for me. And that's what personal success looked for me. I like being in the middle of things. And so the energy, I needed that energy. I really needed all that. So that's what, so again, you gotta look for that. For some people, if you say, I don't really wanna do that, I'd rather be at someplace else, nothing wrong with that. Okay, you just gotta know what it looks like for you. All right, so what I'm trying to get you to do is define what the marketplace wants and how do you fit into it? Let's move on. Okay, question four, in your view of business success, is your view of business success aligned with your view of personal success? And for some people, it's the first time they hear this question. What begins to happen is that if your personal idea of success and your job is aligned, you're going to be successful. I'm not saying that you're not gonna have challenges and aggravations and, and all of that, okay? Not saying that. I'm not saying that it won't, but if you're there and it's aligned, you're going to be basically really happy to move forward. You're willing to work those hours. You're willing to do it. As long as you got the proper balance, you're, you'll be fine. It's when, and again, I'm going to say this very honestly, okay? I never went to Wall Street. And the reason is I didn't like the culture. It wasn't me. I stayed in retail because it was me. And I did well, and I really enjoyed it. So when I think about marketing, 
personal branding is you got to know your strengths and weaknesses. And that's what happens when we do a SWOT analysis. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Where's your opportunities? And what threats do we have? Okay. And threats could come anywhere. Okay. And threats meaning industry change happens. Okay. We're all seeing it. It's COVID-19 in retail right now. I'm, I'm very happy to have a career in retail. I'm very happy not to be there anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not that it's, it's just, it's changing. I had to be able to navigate. I love teaching. I do. And I really enjoy NYU. I'm very proud to be associated with it. What do I love about teaching? It gives me what I want. And at 64 years old, meaning and purpose. So I'll do any of these things because I believe in it. <laughs> and when you do that, you'll have fun. All right. You might have an organization, quite frankly, where you're going to find that integrity is often a, how should I say it, an ill-defined concept. Get out of it. If it doesn't work for you, move on. So you look at these things and you begin to, and that's why if you go back three slides, what does personal success look for you? If it's, I want a company that has integrity, I want to have a company that's working towards sustainability issues, I want to have a company that's looking to solve some of the issues of the world, you're going to feel proud of being there and you're going to be successful. So some of those things, when you begin to look about the companies you go to, you look at those values that those companies have and you get beyond the mission statement and see what actions they really use. And one of it could be, and I'll give you a perfect for instance, is Unilever. They have a 10-year commitment to sustainability to reduce plastic. Okay, that's important. That means that organization is looking to reduce waste. And if that's important to you as far as sustainability and environmental causes, Okay, it doesn't have to be a startup. You could work for a large corporation, but they are working to reduce that. You might not be the entrepreneur working alone. You might want the structure of a large organization, but if you can talk about the initiative that they have on your resume, it'll get picked up because Unilever could be saying, these are the things that I'm looking for in people. And that's one, one consideration, okay? So it's not always how much money you have. All right, could be the values of the organization. And that's part of the research that you have to do. And that's why I'm saying to you, in all honesty, there's not one resume. You gotta have, you gotta have a couple, okay? Because how do you stand out in one company might be different than how you stand out in another company. So here's where I take a break. Who's got a question? Well, I'll go ahead and jump in. Um, all right, first off, who am I speaking with? Surely, my name is Jonathan. I'm the oh, yes, Jonathan. For the old uh, undergraduate student council. Right. Um, and I work retail. I'm actually a store manager for Joe Malone London, and um, retail is difficult right now. <laughs> <laughs> the world is difficult, John. <laughs> Everything is like ever evolving, and we're getting used to the new normal. But um, one of the things that I've had a difficult time with, and I shared this with someone else, was that um, I can't seem to transition the skill sets that I have into a, a different. I guess a different company, a different organization, a different industry. Yep. Um, everyone sees retail manager and they're like, go, go, go. You've got to be a store manager. Right. And I've done it all um, and I'm kind of over it. Okay. So I'm going to say two things. Um, what store are you with again, please? I'm at Joe Malone London. Okay. So you're doing e-commerce? I'm not. I actually run um, their store. So okay. I'm on the front lines. So you got leadership out the... All over the place, don't you? 
oh, 100%, wear every single hat. <laughs> and you solve problems every day, don't you? Snuff them out every day. <laughs> and you do budgets every day to keep, uh, to keep uh, the, bound, the ratio between um, your cost and your, and your revenue, correct? Absolutely. We focus on margin dollar. We focus on a bunch of different, um, different aspects. To make okay. Sure yes, so when you write your resume, you know what you write it about? You write it about being a store manager. You're pigeonholing yourself, okay? <laughs> what Google is looking for, you've hit seven things right out of the top of your gun. Sure. Leadership, problem solving, commitment, resilience, okay? So when you write your resume, you have two ways to write it. And this is where maybe you, you look at thinking of like, wait a minute, I can write it chronologically or I can write it skill-based. Well, you write it skill-based, yeah. you, you, you move it from your pigeonhole to more expanding. Sure. Now, here's the other thing I'm going to tell you about retail managers. You ready? I'm ready. Look at me, Jonathan. People hire you because they know you will work forever. <laughs> Seriously, you can get the job done. <laughs> you can get the job done. Okay. You don't see yourself as that. Now, you have to think of yourself, what organization just wants the job done? Now, you might say to yourself, okay, do I have enough data analytics? Because if you think about it, the fact that you don't have right now a lot of e-commerce, and if you want to move in transition, we know the modern world is requiring a lot of data analytics and a lot of e-commerce okay so maybe you got to transition away from that and get something else there's there, there's and again i don't know where you're going but the retail managers often think that the only thing i can do is be a retail manager and what you're what you're allowing yourself is to be pigeonholed take your skill and realize wait a minute every day i gotta lead this team of seven people I'm great operationally. Garbage's got to get taken out. St stuff comes in. I do reports. Yeah. There you go. And it, by the way, if you are in retail management, you also would be good for hotel management or sales. Your, 100%. Yeah. Right? Hotel management always like um, sparks an interest because it's something or hospitality. Hospitality. Yeah. That industry is, um, it really speaks volume to me um, because it's essentially what we do every single day. Absolutely. You're a host. Now, yeah. the other thing is, okay, but the reality of it right now is you talk about retail getting hammered, hospitality is getting hammered, sure. <laughs> right? So there yeah. is the reality of that. Sure. <laughs> but if you write yourself down as almost a hospitality, look what hospitality wants, see how it aligns a little bit where you are, that's it. Mm -hmm. Here's the other thing. I'm a hospitality, you know, I'm looking for people. I know that you don't work nine to five. Yeah. Right? You you're very you're comfortable. You're comfortable working all weekends. I don't need you on a Tuesday. I need you on a Sunday. <laughs> now here's the other thing. And and again, <clears throat> in hospitality, could you relocate to a different city? 100 percent now that everything's remote. <laughs> well, hospitality eventually will oh, go back. No. Yeah, when it, when it goes back, I think, no, you've got to, I think um, the personal touch, the uh, human touch and that kind of connection is definitely really important for that. So Right. And the other thing is being a manager, I don't have to teach you how to show up on time. Sure. <laughs> so, Jonathan, are you, are you a store manager or are you something else? Oh, no, I am... Well, the position I hold is a store manager, but obviously I could lead in many different directions. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Thank you. That's great.
I love that mentality, just like April said. That's great. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to say this in all honesty. I plan to, I'm 64. I plan to retire at 70. So I'll be around, <laughs> you know, Very for good. a couple more years. Sometimes you just need to come into my class when we're back or chat on Zoom and say help. I'm like, yeah, okay. There you go. I just looked at your schedule. Too bad it's a two o'clock Monday class. <laughs> oh, you tell me you'll be one of the few people who would have not taken John O'Malley's marketing class. Oh, I'm insulted. I'm insulted. <laughs> I'm insulted. <laughs> Either way, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 NYU, there's a here. Just type it in, get a, get a chat, and let's go from there. Okay, we've got another question. There is a question from a student. Do you have any advice for entry-level professionals? How do you keep positive, keep a positive attitude at the at work all the time? Sometimes yeah. I feel like I don't want all. Yeah. All right. So that comes down to really personally how you put work balance into you. I would say this: you got to have one day for you. If you're a young professional or something, you need to do something at night or during the day to get you out of the work mentality. And this is join a league, join a sports league, do something. If you like knitting, go join a knitting club, go do something. And the reason is, is because after a while, entry level work, when you first start, especially in New York City, but this is why we all love New York City, it can be overwhelming and you need to find your balance. So if you need to find time to do working out, which I recommend, yoga, cooking, you have to make that like an appointment and you have to meet it every single day. One of the things that I do religiously is I have time to go work out. I make, I make time for it. Now, it might only be twice a week, but guess what? When I'm pretending that I can still bench press someone, I'm not thinking about, <laughs> all I'm thinking about, please don't have this bar <laughs> land on my chest, okay? But guess what? I've eliminated everything around me and I'm focusing on that when I come out and here's the other thing. And I, and I shower, I, you know, I like to shave in the shower. I come out. I'm like, yeah, I feel good. I can, I can take on the world and, and, and I balance it accordingly. If you don't build that in, it'll become overwhelming. It just does, especially in New York city. And if you look at any successful person who is able to maintain the work, proper work balance, even in the high intensity environment, they always take time to spend with their families or themselves. And again, it doesn't matter what you do. And I make a joke about knitting or yoga. You got to do it. If not, it's going to overwhelm you. It just, it just does. Just the nature of what it is. All righty. So what is your brand? Let's move on. Okay. So here's when I start getting into the SWOT, S-W-O-T. For those who have never taken a management class, it's very simple to learn. What are your strengths? And I would have you put eight strengths down. And it could be whatever they are. It could be as simple as, and I'm going to say it to Jonathan, since you're here and I thank you, I'm going to use yours. Okay. Your strength is a flexible work schedule. Your strength is um, um, ability to meet uh, quarterly goals, weekly goals. Um, uh, uh, the ability to work in a, uh, in a high paced, diverse uh, environment. Your strengths could be, I can put structure into a day and help employees meet what they want, okay? So it could be things that isn't just my strength is uh, something that, that, that you're not sure about. Your strength could be, quite frankly, is that you're very good with solving te technology issues. Okay, so let's move over to weakness. What's your weakness? Well, in the world today where data analytics is important, I'm weak in data analytics, or I'm not strong on technology, or I have trouble completing assignments. Okay, so this is a personal assessment. At least you know what that is. 
All right. And be honest with yourself. You don't have to show this to anybody. It's just you facing whatever. Okay. My weakness was I hated sitting down doing spreadsheets. I could do them for a half hour, but eight to do it for six hours. By the time it was done, I was climbing the walls and my boss, and he, he you know, after I finished this rotation said, <laughs> you can do them, but we'll lose you. So where do you want to go? And I said, I'm an operations guy. Great. Over there. Did I still have to do spreadsheets? Sure. I had budgets. I had all of that, but I wasn't sitting there just cranking numbers. So it allowed me to move around. So I took my weakness and identified it and found a job where I could do it. So this is where you, you do that. So Jonathan, I just went through your strengths, looking at you differently. If I put you down on, uh, on your resume, you align strongly with what Google is looking for. Not 100%, nobody can, okay? But if you can write your resume along those ways and put those words in, all of a sudden you move yourself from being a successful store manager and position yourself differently. You have to think of yourself beyond what that is, okay? So we have SW, opportunities and threats. What is an opportunity? Well, if you think, Jonathan, and again, I'm going to use you just as an example, e-commerce, okay? If you like the retail world and people who gravitate and are good at it like the change. <laughs> we like the new merchandise coming in. We like reading about it. We, we like this stuff. Okay, could be e-commerce. If you know there's an opportunity, is there somewhere along the line where you can transition and use what you like in fashion to more of a heavily e-commerce area? You can still stay in it or hospitality or what? Well, we know the airlines are getting hammered right now, so there's not going to be a lot of job openings. We know in some ways the whole cruise ship area is going to get hammered. We know hotels are going to struggle, but on the same token, we will come back. You are employed. The great thing about looking for a new position, being employed is you're employed. <laughs> it's easier to find a job when you have a job because as an employer in my brain is, why doesn't this person have a job? If you're working and transitioning, it becomes better. Okay. And what is the threat? The threat is changing technologies. The threat is COVID-19. The threat is all the things we don't know about. What do I want to see? I want to see if you're resilient to overcome. That's the skill, right? That's the skill. You look at Sue, you look at Teresa, they have to run a division right now on student life and connect, okay? Susan doesn't have, when, when Susan, the dean, says to Susan, director, student, I don't, solve it. <laughs> Your job, Sue, is to solve her problem. And she's got to collaborate with Teresa and say, this is what we're going to do, <laughs> okay? At least get a plan. And part of it is, is, is that Okay, we've seen some of this before. They were both around after 9-11 when we all thought New York City was falling apart, okay? But one of the things that we really have learned, and I say this, and Teresa has talked about it at the veterans meeting, is how resilient a lot of the veterans are. They're like, we were, they were trained to like overcome. So we're like, okay, here's the challenge, we'll figure it out. So that's one of the skills that you could put down to handle the unknown, because the unknown is gonna be with us. And it's not all linear. It's all the stuff that has to happen. I, I'll give you this as, as a, just a, a, a side thing. I was hiring a, a people for summer jobs. And a young man comes in at Macy's well, for career. I'm looking at his resume, and he should not have been hired the traditional way at Macy's. One of the things he puts on his resume is that he sold beer at Yankee Stadium. Now, that's not exactly <laughs> what I would call 
take. <laughs> One of the things you would put down, except I was hiring for operations. So when I got him in and I sat him down, I'd tell me about selling beer. This guy, I knew how you sold beer at Yankee Stadium. This guy knew how to get things done. And in operations, that's what we were looking for. We were looking for people to get things done. And so by him putting that down, it said to me, this is a person who knows how to get stuff done and doesn't wait. That was gold to us. I didn't need to hear that the kid went to Yale or Harvard. <laughs> wasn't going to last. I needed a kid who knew how to get stuff done. I think he ended up staying at Macy's almost seven years. Got married, family. Okay. And he moved up to, I think, a regional manager before I had left by then, but I just you know, remember, remember him. But he found the right place. He was happy to go work for an operations job and succeeded and did very well. So don't think some of those little things don't work. If you can put the right wording down, it makes all the difference in the world. And this is where I say, stop the cliches. They're nothing. It's cotton candy. Get me what you do. And when you do, you're going to get it. The great pause equals the great accelerator. We're in the great pause. We've all had time to rethink how we do it. The great accelerator now is beginning to happen. Zoom is real, remote is real, and we're all in it right now. And it's gonna accelerate. Those organizations that can't adjust to the, to the now aren't gonna be around. And all you have to look for, and Jonathan, you've been reading the trade papers, I'm sure, career places you thought you could go won't exist anymore. So the great accelerator is gonna make all this happening. And, and so we're in the pause, we have to adjust to it. What are we looking for to do? Let's move forward. The brand of you has to accept the fact that we are remote. And the brand of you has to accept the fact that the qualities that we've been looking for maybe three months ago, they're still there, but we have to add it. What do we do? So one of the things for your consideration is social distancing puts remote work in the spotlight. It's not going away. How do I convey confidence in the brand of you via Zoom? One of the things in my classes when I do a student presentation, I don't want to hear you reading a script. I want to hear you talking the slides. Second thing is, if I see this one more time, when I ask students what they put on it, and they always say, I work hard, I jump out of my head. Who doesn't work hard? <laughs> and if you claim I don't work hard, you're not going to get hired anyway. It's a cliche. Get it out of there. Demonstrate to me. All right, certifications versus internships. Let me get that shortly. Can you solve my problem? That's where I'm going. Lifelong learning. We're all learning it. Okay, stay current. How often do you read the trade papers if you're going to go into it? Jonathan, if you want to go into hospitality, go read some hospitality magazines. Sorry to pick on you, but you got to get the language down. That's all I'm saying. All right. Hoping it happens ain't going to happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Networking, active engagement. You, either you take control of your career or it's not going to take control and get comfortable with the ask. And Jonathan, I extended the invitation to you if you need to go more. You asked me a question. I'm very willing to help you. You'd be surprised how many people will do it. But if you come to me, you can't waste my time. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm just picking on you, but you can't waste my time. You got to come like you're ready to go. And therefore you, your value, and I'm evaluating you based on that. You don't know how I know, hey, go see this person. So your help me is really in some ways an interview with me. Again, a different approach to take. Okay. Okay. Here's where I say to everybody, and this is, this is the new thing, and I'll pretty much end it here. If you're going to stay in marketing, I will not write you a letter of recommendation unless you show me at least two certifications from one of these companies. 
because the reality in marketing today is it's software driven, CRM systems, that's Salesforce. And just to give you an idea, Salesforce just replaced Exxon in the Dow. Salesforce is the, comp the dominant CRM company in marketing. They give free tutorials. If you don't have two certifications in there, you're not gonna get hired by them. What they're saying to you at Salesforce very clearly is, we give you free tutorials. We're really waiting to see if you can self-initiate and teach yourself. If you do that, we'll consider you. Here's the thing that drove me crazy last year. Last year in New York City at the Javits Center, Salesforce had an open, basically, conference. All you had to do was just register. I, I offered it to all my classes. I had 75 NYU students who were offered to come to this thing. Only two showed up. Now, I'm saying, guys, don't say to me you want to be in marketing and not go to a Salesforce conference in which you could meet people who would hire you and vendors who are hiring. And don't tell me to write you a letter of recommendation about how good you are when you couldn't get there. Okay? Microsoft offers certifications. Tableau offers certifications. HubSpot, all about cert And they're easy to do. If you can take a remote class, you can get certified. It takes a little skill. What does it go back to? Self-teaching, initiation, taking control of your, your resume. Doesn't matter what industry you're going to, find where there's certifications and get them. Because that's what I value now. And that's important. I value that as an employer. You, you go to Salesforce and show that you got two or three, four certifications, I'm going to talk to you without a doubt. You don't have any, I say to you, go start. And the reason is, and I happen to run into the gentleman who was my age, who started the training, the whole training thing at, at Salesforce. And I said to him, why'd you start? And he said it in a very clear ways. He said, professor, we don't have time to train anybody anymore. We're hiring 150 people a week, 150 people a week globally. We're hiring. We can't train them. What we expect them is to train themselves. Now, when you come to us and you train yourself, you will get the salary you're looking for. I was like, wow, it's different. He says, we're growing that fast. We couldn't run training sessions. What we have is you take it and we track you. It's a CRM system, okay? It's customer retention management. So they're, what they're doing is they're finding out how self-motivated you are. When, people, when students say to me, what do I do to get an edge in the job? Get certifications. We all know summer internships were tough. Certifications stay with you in badges forever. That's lifelong learning. And again, Jonathan, not beating you up, but you're here in front of me and I see you, okay? If the hospitality industry is where you want to go, what are they looking for? Okay, there's got to be some certification, some software, something that they use. If you have that, then somebody's going to talk to you. And that's really where a lot of that is. Okay, so if you think about this from a brand, first one is brand identity. It's very clearly, who are you? Okay, who do you, who are you? Second one, what are you? Third one, what about you? And, and the third, the top of the pyramid is what about you and me? And that's when somebody's thinking, should I hire you? So the first one is, who are you? What are you? What about you? And what about you and me? Could we work together? So those are brand considerations. Put all of that in there. Start thinking about it. And by the way, and young students, please don't, on Facebook, we'll live with you. We don't need to go in there about stupid pictures. <laughs> Enough said. Or, but they follow you. They, they really do. And why do you want to do it? Because change is, although painful, However, irrelevance is worse. We have no choice, guys. So what is the brand of you? 
and I'll leave it here and then I'll answer any questions. What's your brand? Doesn't make you less human. Just how are you positioned in the marketplace against your competitors? The brand of you is, do you meet the wants, needs, and desires of the workforce? If you do, but it'll take work, guys. I'm not saying it's all easy, especially now, but it's always been work. And there's this myth that, oh, it's easy. Stop. It's always work, okay? Depends on where you're going with the work. I have one last question, and we can wrap up. Sure. So what are three hard skills and three soft skills that everybody needs to have in this world today? Okay, so the hard skills is really uh, obviously technical proficiency, okay? Second one, obviously hard skills is make sure you know how to do data analysis some way, okay? Spreadsheets, without a doubt, Excel. That's the nature of just about all business, obviously, okay? The third one is, quite frankly, the ability to collaborate as a member of a distant team. That's it. Soft skills, the ability to communicate, both orally and written. That involves presentations. Another soft skill is empathy. You're going to have people who are hurting, okay, in some ways, if you're going forward, all right, you got to be able to help it. The other skill that really comes down to it is, I'm going to say, <laughs> self-initiative. You got to self-initiate. You can't wait. If your boss says research, one Google search is not research. You got to know, you know, the skill is we have this magnificent library. Keep up your, you know, take us, if you're getting ready to graduate, take an alumni, take an alumni, um, membership from the library and you'll have full access. Look at all the databases that are there that you never see on a Google search. I would do it that way. Thank you so much for coming today, Professor John O'Malley, and we hope to have you back soon with us. Well, John O'Malley plans to be with uh, SPS uh, until he is the ripe old age of 70, 71. <laughs> so I'm around. And, and again, thank you for, for asking me to do this. But more importantly, I'm a big believer at NYU. I really like the school. I, I, really, I really enjoy it. And when I see initiatives like this that are being student-driven, it, it says that we're doing the right thing. I really want to be able to, to say that to you. Thank you to Professor John O'Malley. Join us next week for David Hollander, a faculty member of the Tisch Institute for Global Sport, the recipient of the 2019 NYU Distinguished Teaching Award with the vision to change the world through basketball. The SBS Replay Podcast is produced by the students of the NYU School of Professional Studies Student Council with Aggie Dent, Allie Weaver, April Cardena, Ariana Olivas, Shaquin Tao, Shirley Law, Shubra Mishra, Ding Wing. Special thanks to the NYU School of Professional Studies Office of Student Life. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SBSUSC and at SBSGSC. Thank you for listening and see you in the next episode. Take care.